Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey, everybody. Uh, Depending when you listen to this, the impeachment trial of Donald Trump is either about to start or is underway or finished years ago. (laughs) These last a long time. But Jamie Raskin, of course, is the lead manager of the House team of the prosecution. And I know he's going to do a great job. But I just wanted to do, you know, my final argument, the one I would do at the end of the trial before it goes to the members of the Senate, many of whom are my uh, former colleagues. And I know a number of the Republicans, and I think this would be extremely (laughs) persuasive to them. I'm not quite sure. But uh, so I hope you you listen and uh, get something out of it, and maybe even, I don't know, enjoy it. Distinguished members of the Senate, And the rest of you. Adam Schiff was right where I'm standing just over a year ago, making his closing argument in Donald Trump's first impeachment trial. And in that impeachment trial, Manager Schiff said basically, everyone in this room knows who Donald Trump is, and that if you don't convict, he will do this again. You know Donald Trump will do this again. And I think most of you probably knew that he would. And he did. Not the exact same thing. To get impeached the first time, he shook down a foreign leader by threatening to withhold military aid, which his nation desperately needed in a war for its very survival. He threatened to withhold it unless President Zelensky would announce that Ukraine had begun a corruption investigation against Joe Biden. For what goal? Well, he thought that Joe Biden was the biggest threat to his own re-election and that the announcement of an investigation by Ukraine would help him get re-elected. And you'll remember, according to the president's counsel in that impeachment trial, that was just fine. Alan Dershowitz said in defense of Donald Trump, and I quote, If a president does something which he believes will help him get elected is in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. That was President Trump's defense last time. Anything to keep in power was okay if he believed it was in the public interest. And that's why Adam Schiff told you You know now that given the opportunity, he would do it again. You know that. Well, that's why we're here. He did it again. He wanted desperately to keep the power of the presidency, and everything he is charged with in this trial was toward that end. And that was the framers' worst fear, that a president 
would use the powers of his office to stay in office. And that's what this trial is all about. And you know, given the opportunity, he will do it again. Just like Adam Schiff said last time. You know who Donald Trump is, and given the opportunity, he will do it again. Now, in their brief, President Trump's legal team quotes from the House manager's brief. This is what the House managers wrote. This is what we wrote. In the months preceding the joint session, that's the joint session on January 6th, President Trump repeatedly issued false statements asserting that the presidential election results were the product of widespread fraud and should not be accepted by the American people or certified by state or federal officials. This is their answer. This is the president's lawyer's answer. Insufficient evidence exists upon which a reasonable jurist could conclude that the 45th president's statements were accurate or not. And he therefore denies they were false. Really? Not enough evidence exists for a reasonable jurist to conclude whether the president's statements about the outcome of the election were accurate or not. Can you imagine if proving that Donald Trump's statements were inaccurate was the hardest thing a person had to do in her life? Let me do just one. During his call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, when he cited the, quote, tremendous amount of corruption on the Dominion machines. There was no corruption on the Dominion machines. Even Newsmax knows that isn't true. And these days, Newsmax says that every chance they get, these days. Insufficient evidence exists upon which a reasonable jurist could conclude that the president's statements were accurate or not. Really? Hey, Trump lawyers over there, Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, he's not a reasonable jurist. Were votes from Dominion machines counted in foreign countries? No. The president said that. They weren't. Did 5,000 dead people vote in Georgia, as the president claimed? No. Were Trump poll observers prevented from witnessing vote counts in Philadelphia? No. After asking several times whether there were Trump poll observers in that room, out of exasperation, the judge asked the Trump lawyer, How many Trump poll watchers were in that room? The Trump lawyer finally admitted, and I quote, a non-zero number. Non-zero numbers can only be positive or negative numbers. So the judge concluded that there had been a positive number of Trump poll watchers who had observed the counting. Later, that same Trump lawyer asked the judge to let him off the case because President Trump had used him to, quote, perpetrate a crime. Now, the number of Biden lawyers who have accused Joe Biden of using them to perpetrate a crime, 
That is a zero number. The president committed many crimes. Insufficient evidence exists upon which a reasonable jurist could conclude that the president's statements were accurate or not. Give me a break. Give everyone a break. The crime started well before the election. The president announced well before the election that there would be no peaceful transfer of power if he didn't win. What kind of person says that? A thug. A thug who wants to be a dictator. And all these lies culminated on January 6th, right here in this hallowed temple of democracy, right where I am standing, you, the jury, are sitting. There were a bunch of brown shirts rifling through your desks. Our nation had its putsch on January 6th. And but for the quick thinking of a Capitol officer, some of you sitting here might not be sitting here. There were people who stormed the Capitol who had the intention of killing you. And in fact, they killed a Capitol Police officer. A Capitol Police officer died in the line of duty, protecting us, protecting you. Why did Brian Sicknick die? Why did a 42-year-old Air National Guard veteran who served our nation in Saudi Arabia in support of Operation Southern Watch and in Kyrgyzstan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, why won't his family ever see him again? Because Donald Trump claimed that the election had been stolen from him, that he had won the election in a landslide. Donald Trump told them to come to the Capitol and fight. He said he'd come with them. That was a lie. Instead, he went back to the White House and sat in the Oval Office and watched the storming of the Capitol for hours. And by all eyewitness accounts, he really enjoyed it. In fact, he was puzzled why the others around him weren't enjoying it. One might think that the commander-in-chief might have done something. Chuck Schumer and Speaker Pelosi were in hiding within the Capitol, and they called Governor Hogan of Maryland, begging him to send his National Guard, but Governor Hogan could not get permission from the Pentagon, presumably because the President of the United States was too busy watching and enjoying the mayhem he saw on TV. Finally, he was persuaded to record a video to tell these goons who had dragged and beaten Capitol Police officers with hockey sticks and flagpoles to tell them that they should probably leave the Capitol. And he added something very important. He told them that he loved them. He loved them. He loved the mob that had chanted, Hang Mike Pence! Hang Mike Pence! Hang Mike Pence. He loved the guy in the Camp Auschwitz hoodie. And evidently, Donald Trump also loved the thug who had bashed Officer Sicknick's skull with a fire extinguisher. Donald Trump wanted them all to know that he loved them. And 
as he had told them so many times since November 3rd, that he had won the election in a landslide. Donald Trump didn't win this election in a landslide. He didn't win this election. He lost this election by 7 million votes by a landslide. You know that. You know that. How many decisions by Republican judges, by Federalist Society judges, is it supposed to take? How many decisions saying there was absolutely no merit to the cases brought by Rudy Giuliani and the rest of the Trump legal team? How many of those decisions, over 60 decisions, should it have taken to know that this was the most secure election in American history? That's what Chris Krebs the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, a lifelong Republican, has said over and over. And, of course, that's why he was fired. And Attorney General Bill Barr telling us that there was no evidence of fraud that would have impacted the outcome of this election. Bill Barr, William Barr, yes, Bill Barr, But Donald Trump continues to insist that he won the 2020 election in a landslide. And what does that do? As Krebs had said, this continued assault on the outcome of this election only serves to undermine confidence in the process and is ultimately corrosive to the institutions that support democracy. You think? You think? Senators Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley led the effort by Republican senators in this body to prevent the certification of Joe Biden's victory on January 6th. The 13 senators issued a statement explaining why they wanted to stop the steal. The 2020 election, they wrote, featured unprecedented allegations of voter fraud violations in lax enforcement of election law, and other voting irregularities. And those allegations are not believed just by one individual candidate. Instead, they are widespread. Reuters-Ipsos polling tragically shows that 39% of Americans believe the election was rigged. That belief is held by Republicans, 67%. Democrats, 17%. And independents. 31%. Why? Why did 67% of Republicans tragically believe that the election was rigged? Because Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and so many members of Congress including many of the rest of you, kept repeating the allegations as if they were true. And they weren't. If they were, the President of the United States wouldn't have to threaten the lead state election official of Georgia to find 11,780 votes. What kind of person does that? I'll tell you, a person who should never get anywhere near the Oval Office again. Donald Trump shouted fraud in his first election. The election he won. 
His ego just couldn't accept the reality. They lost the popular vote by 3 million votes. So he appointed a commission to prove that those 3 million votes were fraudulent, that they had been all cast by illegal immigrants. So he appointed a commission to prove it, the Kobach Commission. They found nothing, nothing. Isn't it time to put an end to this? Do we really want to continue down this road that we've been going? You know who Donald Trump is. He's the guy that claims that 3 million illegal immigrants all risked arrest and deportation to cast an illegal vote for Hillary Clinton. He's the guy who used his inauguration to enrich himself and his friends. He's the guy who claims his inaugural crowd was bigger than Barack Obama's. And that was just day one. And he ends by giving pardons to grifters who lied for him. Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to this country. You know it. I know it. It is time to put this nightmare behind us. Do you really care about this country? Our founders put their lives and their sacred honor on the line to give birth to this nation. I'm asking all of you to do the right thing for our democracy, for our nation, for our children, for posterity. Thank you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. Hi, I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each episode, comedians join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently on The Big Flop, we looked at the reality TV show, The Swan. The problem, this dream opportunity quickly became a viewing nightmare. They were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.